Welcome back to Let's Break It Down, your pop culture and politics podcast. I am Susanna Morris. And I am Isha Pandit. And And we're here. We're back. And we have a lot to talk about. We have a lot to talk about. There is so much happening. And, you know, I'm really glad we're talking today because I have been, I made the mistake of listening to the news first thing in the morning. Um, Mm -hmm. and it was really devastating to me. So I'm really glad we're getting to do our own version of coverage of the stories that are happening, um, these days. And so I'm, I'm glad we're back. It feels good to be back. It feels good to have, to be proactive in the face of some pretty terrible media coverage of our people and communities. Absolutely. So at this point, if you're listening to us, uh, You've already heard the really horrible news out of Orlando, Florida. So uh, Pulse nightclub out of Orlando, just a gay nightclub. They were breaking it down, having their Latinx night, and they were having a good time till about 2 a.m. when a armed gunman came in and, um, you know, with automatic assault rifles and mowed down you know folks in our community in our queer community as a floridian this how really hit close to home i'm not from orlando i'm from fort lauderdale uh but i have spent a lot of time in as a queer person in uh gay clubs and just spent a whole lot of my 20s in gay clubs in fort lauderdale miami and in atlanta And I just kept thinking, like, Mm -hmm. that could be anybody that I love. Mm -hmm. That could have been me. Um, Mm -hmm. And for such a safe space, you know, a place where you go to be yourself, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you you can't necessarily be out in the world with your, you know, queer Mm self-expression and so on. But you go to Pulse or you go wherever it is, you know to dance the night away to shake off all your troubles to hook up with a cutie to get your drink on whatever it is and somebody who has internalized some kind of toxic masculinity some kind of you know horrendous Mm -hmm. homophobia yeah decides that they actually have control over your life and they they take it so it was easy for them to get a gun oh was it easy and what's interesting about the the killer whose name is Omar Mateen. Um, so then, you know, there's it's a lot of layers and we're going to get to them. Um, so it's the Brown brother out here who did this allegedly. So, you know, um, he had been investigated according to news sources. He had, you know, has pledged his allegiance to ISIS apparently, you know, so that's mm-hmm. what people are saying. And so he'd been investigated a bunch of times. And it's interesting, you know, based on our really lax gun control laws that he was still able to this past week purchase you know these rifles that really have no i mean what are you doing you can't hunt a deer with it Mm -hmm. this is not what you need to defend your home like i'm like i'm trying to understand the rationale you know Mm -hmm. this is for mowing people down this is a military grade Mm -hmm. weapon that he had so um, despite the kind of concerns that people had about him, you know, and we were just talking, Isha and I were just talking about this, how hard it is for folks to get through the airport, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's you trying to pat down my mm-hmm. locks and you trying to, you know, push Isha to the side and, and, and damn near interrogate her, but mm-hmm. 
I mean, that somebody's walking into a gun show and able to buy a gun without any proof that they know what they're doing absolutely. and that they have any, don't have any malicious intent. Yeah. No, it's really pretty. Absolutely. It's, it's really, you know, it's heavy because I watched the news first thing this morning. I made the mistake of putting on CNN. Just when I woke up, I was just, I was at a conference, um, trying to organize people for their reproductive rights. So I was not expecting this to be my day. I was expecting to do my my speaking and do my work with my community right. of repro justice people and I just turned the news on and I saw the, the speculation about the identity of the shooter before even it was confirmed mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I saw news uh, newscast after newscast saying well we don't have any proof of this we don't have any evidence to suggest this but we think it's an islamic extremist and i right, was just thinking right. like what the hell kind of journalism is this where you don't have any evidence right. and you feel like it's okay to just say that um and then you know i live in texas um and our governor um tweeted a verse from the bible that um was he sure did that was dan patrick that was something about you know how you reap what you sow and he has since deleted it after a lot of calls you know from right. his constituency right. and people right. around the world right. talking about how insensitive right. and problematic that was right. um but for several hours he was strong and wrong in it he was he was, he was like and, the know, tweet was just out there and he because i mean my you know, I think that that's because he needed some people to see him do that. That was not a mistake that it was left up no. for as long as it was. That was a gesture mm-hmm. to his, um, you know, homophobic community, this community of supporters Absolutely. who are actively homophobic that um, he, he wanted to le- he wanted to leave that up. It, tweets can come down in mm-hmm. a second. You know, if you really feel like you've made a mistake or it was a timing issue Um but that's not what happened. So, I mean, there's this, there are many layers here. There's so much happening. I, I really, my heart is with my Muslim brothers and sisters for whom the Islamophobia is relentless and actually oh starts before even the news story is, mm-hmm. is actually known. Mm-hmm. So it started mm-hmm. even before we knew, um, Omar Mateen's, um, but also, you know, it sounds like he was motivated by homophobia as well. I mean, of course, he was yeah. motivated by homophobia as well. And um, there are a lot of folks who are posting a, a Twitter conversation uh, saying pray for Orlando. Um, right. It's really interesting because a lot of homophobia is, you know, gestated in very conservative religious communities. And so... You know, and one way of being in solidarity with the folks that were killed today would be to not resort to Islamophobia and to to really challenge homophobia in religious communities, whatever religion they are. Um, and Absolutely, that, you know, and I've me, seen some so things around that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like I saw things this morning because I I got up kind of late. And I woke up around 11, which is unusual for me. And that 11 Eastern, for I live you. in Atlanta. I know, right? And was had brunch plans at noon, so kind of was like, oh, let me jump up. Looked at my phone and then saw this stuff and was like, what? And I saw people posting because it's, a, you know, mm-hmm. around church hour, you know, like it, you, you might have an 11 o'clock service or a noon service, depending on, you know, if we're talking about Christian churches in the South. And, uh, you know, folks saying, if you're, 
pastor has a word about this particular tragedy that is beyond let's pray for these folks let's you know donate blood to the blood bank or let you know something that is positive if they have anything if they if they have a caveat that says this is a tragedy however you reap what you sow or how we love them despite Mm-hmm. You need to call them on it. You need to, in the call and response tradition, say, oh, hey, no. Mm-hmm. Or you need to get up and walk out. Mm-hmm. Because and so I was, I was glad to see that um, being forwarded around because I was like, okay, you know, like that, this could be somebody's opportunity, you know, to, to preach a homophobic word at a temple or at a, a church or at, right. at any kind of, you know, religious right. place. And this is not the moment to be, it's never the moment to do that, but Come on now. No, and it's it's really important that we don't conflate that we don't conflate, you know, Islam and homophobia also. Like that feels particularly crucial to mm-hmm. me to make sure we don't mm-hmm. just say you know, Muslim people are homophobic because you know they try to do that to us all the time where they try to, you know, make an entire community of people, you know, billions of people around the world Um, into a monolith, into a moral monolith, and that's problematic Mm -hmm. and wrong. And there are queer Muslims who are really doing hard, important work in their communities to be seen and heard and to be treated with dignity. And, you know, that single narrative makes them completely invisible. Um, Absolutely. You know, and I just also, I just feel like I just felt a lot of like, I felt it really emotionally. I felt a lot of pain. I felt the pain of, you know, having been in a queer club feeling you know safe and free and I just could I was really I was kind of in the place where I was thinking this you know what you said this could have been um any place I know and a lot of people I know um I could have been in a club Mm -hmm. like that at any given moment I mean I'm old now so I'm not out there Right. That's the only that's the main reason. But I I used to be unlikely for me. But I used to be up in the look Uh, Fort Lauderdale. People know uh, Mm. Coliseum. I think it's still around cathode, Mm. which has been closed for many years. Uh, Voodoo. Those are my spots. And in Atlanta, my sister's room, which is still around, has moved to a new location. Mm -hmm. Uh, The red chair, which is now like a Brazilian spot. But look, y'all look. Early 2000s, you remember that brunch. That brunch was off the chain. I do. I was there. It it could have been any one of us. Right. It could have been any one of us. It could have been. And so there's something sacred about queer clubs. Um, Actually, Richard Kim has a piece in The Nation that I just read that's about, um, that was about his memories of of gay bars um, in the 80s and the 80s and 90s. And, um, it's very beautiful about those spaces mm-hmm. being both political and sacred and spiritual and all of yeah. those things. Um, Absolutely. So Absolutely. It's definitely hallowed ground. Um, and it's really, Absolutely. really, really sad. It's it very really sad. sad. And I, w- the other thing that I think is interesting too, is for, I mean, for folks to be trying to link this to his religion and, you know, clearly he was not a devout Muslim if he was like doing this, right? Like he was on some other stuff. This is not mm-hmm. what people do. Um, and it's the month, it's Ramadan, you know, mm-hmm. folk over here trying to get their fast on and just trying to be holy and spiritual. And you over here, mm-hmm. like, you know, yeah, so we really so have difficult. to be, up, up. it's a very, it's very difficult, you know? Yeah. So I think we have to be very observant for those of us who are not Muslim. We have to stand with and be allies to and supporters of our folk, you know, because if you're a part of a marginalized community, like this happens to black people, whether you're Christian 
Muslim, atheist, you know, mm-hmm. uh, your practice, EFI, whatever it is, when it, somebody gets shot or there's a mass shooting or there's a thing, we go, Lord, I hope that the person is not black. I hope. And I know mm-hmm. brown people of various persuasions do the same. Like, oh, just, I'm just prayerful that the person is not Muslim. And then, you know, they show up and you're like, Lo-, you know, like I remember mm-hmm. the, the DC sniper, like, oh, that's not a black yeah. person. Oh, it's a, oh, it's a black person. You know, because we don't get to be individuals. Mm-hmm. Homeboy does not get to be Omar by no. himself. All of a sudden now, you know, I just saw, yeah. um, uh, the, the brother who's the the head of um it's c-a-i-r the center for i want to say american islamic relations mm-hmm. and he was just giving a press conference really eloquent brought up lots of different he's like you know all oppression is connected and you know we can't have a lot islamophobia and transphobia and homophobia and said all these beautiful words but at the at the root of his um press conference was an apology mm-hmm. i'm like but this ain't got nothing to do with you you don't know no. omar they didn't even if make he did, even white if he was your brother apologize. or after exactly. that that boy walked into the church that young and man shot up all those parishioners that's coming yeah. up the anniversary of that is coming no. up in five days the it Charleston absolutely massacre. is and the same, they don't is. make, you know, they didn't make white boys across campuses everywhere apologize for homie from Stanford raping an unconscious Absolutely woman. Absolutely not. Absolutely uh, nobody was not. on the news saying, I'm really sorry. This is something that, you know, this is something that white men do. And I, you know, I apologize on behalf of my people. I didn't see any of that. So, Mm-mm. yeah, you know, the psych, the cycle is pretty stark and it keeps, you know, it keeps happening and it's, um, I think I just also want to say to all the black and brown queer folks to really take care of yourselves and maybe disconnect from mm-hmm. some of this stuff too, because it's a lot right. to hold on to. I'm thinking particularly as you were just talking about Ramadan and people fasting and I'm thinking like, man, you're fasting. I hope you're not watching CNN too. Right. <laughs> because right. it's hard. It's really, right. really painful right. and dehumanizing. Right. Exactly. This is not the time for that because Mm-mm. people are going to be making all, casting all kinds of aspersions and, mm-hmm. you know, coming up with all kinds of ludicrous theories and so on. And it's just really not what we need right now, um, mm-hmm. what our communities need and what we, what we need is to be holding each other and loving each other. You know, my thoughts and prayers go out to the families of the people you know, affected by this in Orlando, you know, imagine you're like, my mm-hmm. homie went out last night and I haven't heard from them. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're, as we are, yeah. you, know, you know, recording this thinking... podcast, there are still bodies in the, in the club. Yeah. You know? Like it's real. This is not like an abstract issue. No, I was thinking you know? about the queer community too, a queer community in a town like Orlando. I mean, our queer community here in Houston, Houston's a much bigger city. Um, but if 50 members of our community were killed in one night here, um, it would be devastating to the entire queer community. Absolutely. So I can Absolutely. only imagine the repercussions, Absolutely. the longstanding repercussions for Orlando's queer community um, going forward. It's de- just really devastating. And there was just a, a murder of a trans woman, because, you know, we got to lift that up. In New Orleans. Um, and I want to say her name was Mercedes, and I'll, I'll look up what her last name was. But she was a Jamaican 
trans sister who got murdered a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. and beautiful young woman who was uh, a part of the scene and like an activist and also like, I mean, I looked through all her pictures, like fashionable, doing it really big. And it's like, we, we have to lift up the fact that, you mm-hmm. know, queer women, trans women are, you know, continuously under attack and so mm-hmm. on. So that's I, something to keep in mind. So, you know, our communities are already dealing with high levels of violence outside mm-hmm. of mass shootings, unfortunately. So it's like insult to injury. Like we're always dealing with folks getting killed or folks being violated in particular kinds of ways. Yeah. Or, you know, the threat of homelessness and unemployment and underemployment and all that. And then mm-hmm. on top of that, for someone to say, I'm just going to come and shoot up the club. Like there were also, really, and then we have folks go ahead. Well, there was, I just wanted to also add that there were, a couple a lesbian couple in uh, Memphis in a town right north of Memphis that were um, Mm -hmm. killed in their found dead in their home this weekend too Um, Mm -hmm. just this past weekend um, Rhonda Renee Bishop Dukes and Brenda Dukes Um, yeah we're also so you know the community is there there I mean and if I feel like if we did a, a, a even a deeper search we would probably find more names of queer and trans people killed uh and so we just want to uh, yeah it's it's um happening all the time and I, I don't know the story there i don't know whether there was gun violence or what what it was um but we're keeping their family and loved ones in our thoughts too absolutely absolutely so we're not the only ones talking about uh what happened in Pulse, of course, we have all mm-hmm. of our, you know, we've been talking about the media, MSNBC and CNN, the mainstream media and, you know, all the various online outlets. And we also have our political candidates mm. talking about Pulse mm-hmm. and the massacre, which incidentally is the worst uh, mass shooting in modern American history. It's not the worst in American history, mm-hmm. right? Because if we think about the Battle of Wounded Knee, where 300 people were massacred, we're, mm-hmm. we're going to say modern American mm-hmm. history, right? Yeah, and it's important um, to think of, you know, think of the all the, I mean, there's so much st- state-sanctioned violence in American history, so it's, you know, mm-hmm. there's so, there's so mm-hmm. much of that. Um, so mm-hmm. I think that's mm-hmm. a really important point is to just... Um, put it in the context of the centuries of violence. Yeah, absolutely. So like, you know, we're not trying to belittle the fact that 50 people were Mm -hmm. murdered and 53 people at this point have been wounded. Mm -hmm. Not to be a a Debbie Downer on an already sad conversation, but I suspect that number of dead will rise, right? That Mm -hmm. some people who are critically wounded probably won't make it, right? So it's like, this is really serious. But like, as you said, it's all there. It's an, uh, a part of this larger context of, of violence within our in our nation, and you know we have uh, your boy Donald Trump out here making what did he uh, comments on the Twitter. Mm. Yes, mm-hmm. he's tweeting nope. about how you know he you know someone congratulated him what? about uh, being right. Uh, you know, in terms of the ban on Muslims and 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 all that, his oh, you know his hate no, speech more I did generally. Not see this? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, don't even go, don't even slide into the Twitter right now because it's just it's doing too much. And the Donald had the nerve and the audacity to say, like, you know, yeah, I, like I something to the effect of I appreciate the congrats, but you know, 
you know, I hate being right in this moment and, you know, we need to be smarter and we need to protect ourselves and all this kind of stuff. That is not the answer. Oh my God. Islamophobia is not the answer. I cannot. It's just not, it's never I had the not heard that. I was like, you know, mm-hmm. I disconnected for a little bit. And I certainly am not checking Donald Trump's Twitter like that. So, um, absolutely not. But it's hard. It can be hard to uh, not see his stuff just because yeah, he gets retweeted so often. And people retweeted. are, you know, that so, is despicable. You know. That is completely absolutely. despicable. Absolutely. It's like the lowest level of humanity. He's really shooting for the bottom, I feel like. Absolutely. And the thing with him is we are stuck with him at least until November. Hopefully not after that, but at least Let until November because too hard about that. Well, <laughs> you know, look, we might be in the Hunger Games and then this time next year you might be figuring <laughs> oh, out if he's going to stand as tribute, okay? Because <laughs> look, uh. it's real out here in these streets. So we have Donald Trump as a presumptive Republican nominee. Mm. And we have your favorite white liberal feminist. I wish you wouldn't. Hillary Rodden Clinton. (laughs) (laughs) I wish you wouldn't. But yes, I see that you have. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I have. I did. And I will. Um, As the presumptive Democratic nominee. Now, now our friends, Bernie Sanders, is Mm -hmm. still out there. He is. He hasn't conceded yet. (laughs) Which is an interesting conundrum to be in, you Mm -hmm. know, um, around this time. Uh, eight years ago when it was HRC versus President Obama or then Senator Obama, you know, at this point, I feel like she had conceded. Um, just barely, but though. She had just barely. She ba- It yeah. was after. And she, she wasn't really gracious about it at the time. She was like, I guess I will, you know. No, and so, actually she said mm-hmm. some pretty offensive things at the time that she conceded. She talked mm-hmm. about, do you remember this? She talked about. Yeah, I do. Um, not wanting to concede because her, she said, you know, oh, my husband got the nomination in June. And she also said Robert F. Kennedy was assassinated in June, saying that presumably meaning, and she apologized for this later, that she could still get the nomination because candidate Barack Obama might not make it. Right. Might um, not, he might get shot at. Like, really, girl? It was, this is the thing that sometimes the folks who are the hardcore HRC supporters don't remember. I have not that forgotten. She was really foul. Like, do you remember all these commercials and ads about, oh, who you want to like, have control of the, mm-hmm, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's interesting to see it this time around where she's like, come on, Bernie. And he's like, nah, girl. But what I would want to hear your thoughts on, Isha, is, well, two things. So, of course, President Obama, maybe not of course, but he has, uh, you know, formally endorsed um, Secretary Clinton. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> a favorite of many progressives, Elizabeth Warren. Yeah. Gleefully, gleefully. Mm-hmm. She didn't just say, girl, I got you. I'm with her. She gleefully like was on TV. Woo! Like I'm with her. Like really hype about it. And I wasn't I wasn't shocked, but I was a little like, oh, okay. Like that's an interesting turn of events. And it I just is. saw people's mouths salivating, like, oh, is she gonna be the VP pick? Which, you know, I've been saying from the beginning, I'm gonna be like Julian Castro or like Deval Patrick or I don't know, Cory Booker maybe, you know, somebody like that. Like she needs a sort of left of center man of color. Mm-hmm. to like really like clinch it or whatever but you know what there is a man with a live chia pet on his head 
who is the presumptive Republican nominee. So anything could happen. Anything could happen. At this point, happen. I'm like, you yes. know, who it knows? It's really, it's like a, um, it's like the Wild West out here in these elections. I mean, at this point, I think I was also surprised, although not as surprised as many folks were about Elizabeth Warren's endorsement. I think Washington mm -hmm. is what it is. And I think if you want a political future in Washington, you got to mm -hmm. you got to mm -hmm. be with your party. You have to reconcile mm -hmm. your values and the needs of your mm -hmm. party. And I think um Elizabeth Warren has done that. She has done her calculation about that, about her political viability. Had she endorsed Bernie Sanders or had she not endorsed Hillary Clinton? I think everybody's right. in the mm -hmm. business of building and maintaining political capital. And that's how I read that choice. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And I do think that... You know it's hard out here for the progressives because the Democrats don't love us. They just want, want to make sure we come out to the polls. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, there will be some courting and things happening in the coming months, surely. And, um, yeah, we're just going to wait to see. I think I've, I've gone from being really sort of dejected by this, can't, this election season to becoming a little more complacent and seeing it in the history of, of the broader campaigns, you know, campaign for the presidency, which is, you know, always text center pretty hard. Um, and you know, that's, that's the nature of American politics. Um, and I think I, I am having a little bit of hope and change withdrawal. I mean, I think that's real. Yeah. The last time there was a presidential election, there was a candidate that I was feeling strong about. You know, I was feeling like, yes, he, both times for President Obama. Mm -hmm. I was feeling as though his candidacy was important and significant. Um, and not that POTUS has not disappointed me deeply any number of times during this during his almost eight years in the White House. But nonetheless, um, it felt like there was a candidate. I don't feel that way now. I also actually, I'm curious how you feel about this too, because, um, you know, we are people who have communities and friends who are politically invested. Um, we are, you know, our, our folks are, have opinions, they voice them. There's some passionate disagreements. There's some pretty painful arguments. There's all kinds of stuff happening. Um, and I have uncharacteristically not wanted to get in the middle of that at all um, by saying how I feel about the candidates about Bernie versus Hillary and, um, you know, my various reservations about each of them various deep reservations about each of them. And so I've kind of just stayed a little at the outs, you know, stayed a little away from the endorsements and the fray in, that ensues um, from right. that. Uh, so that's kind of a new orientation to national elections for me. Usually I'm right in there, but this time I feel right. a little bit more detached not that i'm not paying attention i think i'm probably paying closer attention than i ever have before to the candidates what they're saying what they're doing what it will mean um for us based on who wins but just in my own communications about how i feel about each of them um just because i feel like there's so much divisiveness already and i just am trying not to contribute to that and i don't know how i don't know if it's working for me but we'll see it's mm -hmm. what i'm doing yeah, I feel sort of similarly. Um, the last couple of elections, 
I, well, in 2008, I was living in Alabama. And although I understood that if anything, President Obama would be more powerful for me symbolically than any, you know, I mean, I'm glad that he was able to pick who he picked for like the Supreme Court and there are important things that he did, Obamacare and so on. But there are many ways in which he's just much further to the right than I am. You know, like I'm a progressive. Mm. I just, oh, yeah. You know, so and he's a moderate he on a good gonna, day and he's a moderate on a good day. So he's not going to make me happy. But I felt a type of way like in in the line to, you know, go. We were lined up around the corner at the rec center by my house in 2008. And I remember looking into the faces of my white neighbors who were standing there and they looked tight. They were hot. They were upset about what was happening. Not all of them, but a lot of them, a good chunk of them. But mm-hmm. black people in, you know, Alabama, I'm not saying it can't be diverse, but it's very black and white, at least where I was living. Black people were turned. The Black mm-hmm. people were, I mean, and I'm sure some folks probably are moderate and some folks were progressive or radical or what have you, or some folks were even conservative. But I think the average person understood that Obama wasn't going to be everything that we wanted him to be. But it meant something in that moment where I was high-fiving random black people, like random black people were coming up to me and high-fiving me. Like we did it before we even cast any ballots. Mm -hmm. And I think I see like white feminists and white liberals and so on. Like I'm with her and they're like super hype about it. And I'm, I'm in the camp of, I guess I'm with her. Mm-hmm. I've been pretty public about that. But like like you, I've also not, I haven't gone toe to toe with anybody. I haven't really gotten any arguments with anybody about it. I'm like puppet, uh, uh, showing puppy memes and cat mm-hmm. memes on my Facebook. Like I don't, I believe you know, I'm paying those. very close attention. Right, I'm with they're pup- healing. I'm with puppy memes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're healing and wonderful. But you know, and I'm paying attention to, all sorts of news outlets and what they're saying about these various candidates, including Donald Trump. You know, I'm mm-hmm. like, what is this fool saying? Mm-hmm. But like, I don't feel that same level of excitement or interest as I did in 2008. Although I do think for what it's worth that if we have a president, Hillary Clinton, that, that will mean something symbolically. The fact that the world's largest superpower has finally a woman president at the helm and we will catch up when you know, uh, the mm-hmm. UK and India and Jamaica and other various places that have had, you know, that just, but just because a woman rules doesn't mean that it's progressive, you know, Margaret Thatcher, not at all, you know, yeah. it, so it, she doesn't have to be. And also it makes sense that she wouldn't be progressive for one. This is sure. not a progressive country. And that's how power so works. We're not gonna, yeah. and that's how power works, you know? So maybe when we're old ladies and we're sitting on the lanai because we'll be golden girls. There will be we sure a progressive, will be. I look queer, forward to those days. brown, disabled, feminist woman, person in the White House with those politics just like front and center. And mm-hmm. we'll be like, we live to see it, Lord, you know? Mm-hmm. We're going to sing now, it like that? You're going to sing it like that. We're going to, I'm going to sing it like that. But, you know, I'll, I'll now, give you like a old lady high five. Yes. Yes, yeah, you'll give me a old lady high five. 
So th- that's just, not, you know, that's not what we have now. And I feel fine about that. But I I feel like the, the arguments between the Bernie and, and Hillary, it's like people talking about formation and Beyonce. Like, I mean, it's it's serious. Like, you people are, are losing friendships and, and, and work colleagues and so on. And, you oh, know, yeah. I think we have to think about how we talk to one another and how we treat one another mm-hmm. in this because we have to live with one another at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, like, is this how you really want to talk to your comrade? Is this really how you want to talk to your peoples, your fam? You know what I'm saying? I, I get that a lot of our ideological concerns are really serious. They're not just ideological and abstract. They have real-world consequences. Mm-hmm. But, like, on a day like today where, like, 50 people got killed trying mm-hmm. to get free, trying to dance, trying to live it up, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like... <laughs> We have to kind of like what's really important, what's really good. Mm-hmm. Some of those conversations, I think we have to kind of reassess and so on. So, mm-hmm. you know, no, I think uh, that's right. I think that's I think that's right. I think also I'm really curious and more invested in the project of building a progressive base, engaging folks on issues irrespective of candidates and really also doing some of the really cool local and statewide work that actually has more promise to be progressive values aligned. And so mm-hmm. I think that's where, that's where the juice is, you know, national elections Absolutely. are what they are. And they, as we are seeing speak to a very particular and in the case of, you know, Donald, the Donald, um, I like Don- I like calling him Donald Trump. I I'm glad for Donna mm-hmm. Oliver for doing that genealogy yeah. for us yeah. because um, yeah. it's really hard to take him seriously. Also, it's really important to you know demystify his immigration story <laughs> as well. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. Like you want to come up here and talk about a wall and like the ink's not even drying on your people's Ellis Island papers. Girl, get out of here. Like, come on now. Uh, you know, and, and this is coming from somebody who both my parents and neither of them are from the United States. So it's like, I'm an immigrant. I'm a first generation American. You know, uh, I was born on a con- an American colony, Puerto Rico. So, mm-hmm. you know, come on now. Speaking of, I mean, PR has a lot going on that's connected to, you know, imperialism and colonialism and all that. So, you know, you know let, they let's let keep it Puerto real Rico if we want vote- to talk about immigration. In the primaries, mm-hmm. but not in the general. I just so I raggedy, mean, so raggedy. But look, I'm just glad that I can actually vote. <laughs> I'm glad yes, you can, you can, you can. I'm just glad that I can actually vote since I'm here on the mainland. That's you know what I mean. Because if mm-hmm. they want to rescind that or so, look, let's not even get into it. Because no, I just, for another day, perhaps. You know, there's just so many disappointing um, white men out there. We could talk a lot about Trump, but there is another sadly disappointing white man on our list, and that man is Johnny Depp. I just, I must have been yeah, like, under yeah, a rock yeah. or something, because until you told you were, me about this, well, I mm-hmm. did not know. I mean... You know, it's hard when you're out there trying to get the abortion access for the various peoples. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to, you know, let let it go that you didn't hear about this terrible news. But and I'm sorry, because probably, I know Johnny was on yeah. your list. He is on the short list of white men that I, you know, I'm like, oh, since 21 Jump Street. I mean, since <laughs> elementary school for me. 
been like, mm-hmm. oh, Johnny, Chocolat, that movie Chocolat, where he's like kind I of like a little dingy looking. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm like kind of into that. I'm kind yeah, of into that Yeah, he was one look. of those river people. I remember that movie. Yeah, that he's a, a river movie. person. I was, that was a great like slash what was the part of the movie. I don't remember. I, I don't remember, remember either. All I remember is Johnny cute. Depp and Juliette mm-hmm. Binoche stirring pots of chocolate. That's what I remember. Exactly. That movie was totally erotic. It was amazing. So here we have Johnny Depp, one of my few white men, you know, and then he just really just went off the cliff because, you know, these um, his current wife, has uh, Amber Heard, has filed for um, divorce and she's citing intimate partner violence. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so and this a is restraining a really order, concern. I learned. And a restraining order. Once I got into there the Google. Pictures, mm-hmm, there are pictures out there of her face being bloodied and, and, you know, busted mm-hmm. up and so on. And so folks want to come with the, but Johnny, you know, he never hit his first partner. Do we know that for sure? Mm. Um, the fact that his daughter's on the Twitter defending him, that's her daddy. Of course she's going to defend, you know, uh, his publicist and people saying, oh, she wants to have, you know, a divorce settlement of any number of money. She probably does. That doesn't make the fact that he went upside her head untrue, mm-hmm. you know, so dispelling this myth that like oh if you're a nice person you don't do these things like this is clearly not the case you know what i mean we also know that you know nice people not only i'm putting nice and and scare quotes you know commit uh domestic violence they also commit sexual assault right so we have this you know child out of stanford out here whose parents and grandparents now continue to show their entire asses by releasing terrible statements about how crushed and broken their loved one is like poor Brock like oh I can't believe you know what he violated a young woman he left her by a dumpster Hmm. he was only stopped because two young men who had good sense and morals were able to come in and intervene he has destroyed Hmm. this woman's sense of safety that she's gonna have to take years to rebuild I mean like this is there in all these statements, there's no concern for the young woman at the center. She's not at the center. She's per- on the peripheral. She's not even on the peripheral. So like she's just not even in- involved at all. And it's this poor young man. And 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 I see a connection between that discussion and that with Johnny Depp, where it's like, oh, but Johnny Depp is you know uh, in Pirates of the Caribbean, and you know what? He probably will continue to be in Disney franchises. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that he's not an abuser. It's the same thing with Roman Polanski. Well, Woody Allen, mm-hmm. you know, you can be an amazing director. You can write beautiful songs, R. Kelly, mm. and you can still be a pedophile. I mean, like, these things are not mutually exclusive. It's not like abusers, rapists, pedophiles, whoever are, like, just in the bushes with, like, a trench coat and no pants on. They are in our families, in our churches, in our synagogues and temples. They are in our halls of Congress. They are at all levels of society because we live in a society that promotes rape culture. And that's what it is. And has very few consequences for the perpetrators of violence against women, particularly if they are powerful white celebrity men. Very few consequences. Their careers don't suffer. Absolutely. Absolutely. Their fans defend them and Mm -hmm. um, they wind up having just as much, if not more, notoriety and attention as if they had never as if they had never done you know such horrific acts and it's it's despicable i mean i'm in the team boycott 
Um, I feel mm-hmm. like we have, you know, some amount of economic and political power that comes with not supporting artists who are doing that stuff and not taking any responsibility for it at all. Um, and I think it matters. That's, I, I feel like I, you know, I just, I believe her. I believe what she's saying. I believe these women that these things happen to them. And I think we should do what they ask us to do and pay attention and try to hold these very powerful men accountable. And, you know, it's like powerful celebrities. And then also it's like, you know, just a random student at Stanford for whom Mm -hmm. let's let it, you know, not be, you know, misunderstood here. Like for whom the judicial system was created, it was created for him to protect him, to protect his rights. And that is what it has done. Mm-hmm. His rights are protected. He, yeah, I'm curious though because the judge in his case, there's a petition to remove him, and I'm really hoping that that happens mm-hmm. because it would be that would be a beautiful clapback. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's shocking, and you know, I will say that the letter that the young woman wrote um, about her experience, I have been really heartened to see it shared and shared and shared and shared. And I also saw that vice president Joe Biden wrote a really beautiful response to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think as much as we're able to say as much as, you know, people in power are able to say, we believe you, I believe you, that's really, really important. And so she didn't get justice in her, in the judicial system, um, which was never really designed to give her justice anyway, but it didn't, it didn't happen. And so um, it's, I think it's important that in the court of public opinion, she's getting some support and love. I hope she's taking care of herself because it cannot be easy um, to have your story like this out in the world. Yeah, that's probably pretty terrible. Mm-hmm. So uh, to put it mildly, so mm-hmm. our thoughts and you know, loving vibes out to this young woman mm-hmm. who has yes. acted with so much grace and courage to, in comparison to this terrible young man and his you know, equal terrible family. His I'm family gonna, is terrible. Can I just make a request for people not to share his face anymore? I don't want to see it on social Ooh, media anymore. That can terrible you just remove, face. Remove the images from that because yeah. my goodness, it's too much. I've seen a first. I did I appreciate his, like, though when they were giving the the mug shot because people yeah. advocated to get that out, and so I yeah. was like, "If you're gonna show the picture, show the mug shot." But at this point, we know what this joke will look like, so yeah, we're good. Well, that's we're right, good. and also it would be great to have a conversation about like you know all the people sort of saying, "No, we want more jail time. We want more jail time." Well, let's talk about that and who's actually going to wind up getting more jail time. Mm-hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. If we have high, harsher sentencing, you know, anyway, it's all a very big, complicated mess of a situation. Um, but I hope that the young woman who wrote her open letter is able to find some peace, knowing that a lot of us believe her and hear mm-hmm. her and hope for her full and swift healing. Yeah. Mm. Well, before we leave, y'all, we, we want to talk a we little sh- bit about some dope things that have we happened should talk about in the dope past things. couple of weeks. Because this is like spoken. your sad, mm-hmm. terrible world podcast so far. Seriously, we, we hope it gets better, but the world would have to get better. But in mm. good news, mm. our girl Beyonce, per usual, won a major 
fashion industry award and got up there and really kind of spoke truth to power in that big old hat, you know? She sure did. In that pinstripe? Mm-hmm. Yes. In that pinstripe, That sparkly. was like a glitter pinstripe. Oh, it was That's really what I something. want for work. I want a glitter pinstripe for work. I just got, you know, you let's talk about Toni Morrison today. And then, yes, just in a glitter pinstripe. I'm and I love Dr. all Susanna the, Susanna May you know, Morris. I'm your English yes. professor. I'm here in this hat yes. in this glitter pinstripe. And I, I, I do. Yes. I wish you would say something about yes. it. Yes. Let's talk about thesis statements today, you know, in my <laughs> glitter print stripe. But I loved all the like close ups of Miss Tina, aka your BFF, you know, yep. and her crying. Mm-hmm. And I don't know Ms. if y'all Tina, know this, friend. but Isha has met Miss um, Tina, Tina. So they're very mm-hmm. close. They're very close. Yep. We have a photo. Mrs. Together. Lawson. Yes. We had yes. a brief mm-hmm. but significant conversation. Exactly. Something mm-hmm. like, hello, how are you? Thank you for taking this photo <laughs> with me. I felt like we had a connection. A, um, a deep one. She deep one. is exquisite. She's exquisite. Mm-hmm. She was, you know, and she smells like heaven. Yes, I know. That is what I Honey, relay back to and you. heaven. Yes, that's what mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I felt the proximity uh, to blue in that space also. Mm-hmm. 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 So, yes. yeah. Yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing, life-changing. And so you've already seen Beyonce, and I will be seeing her again in September for the Formation Tour. So, you know, shout out to... Oh, yeah, girl. I Look, I I can't make the same mistake twice because I have to live my life. Mm. Okay. It's highly recommended. Um, You will not be disappointed. Absolutely. No, she's amazing. So, you know, no Beyonce hatred here. And the, the other thing that was sort of a dope moment in pop culture recently was in my opinion the reboot of roots now i was hating on the reboot Mm. or the reimagining uh because i thought well why are we doing this i'm not one of those people that's like wow we got all these slavery movies i can't believe you know i am a scholar of african literature well that's how they sound they're like i don't know why we have this well why are you are you like Generally, those people are not writing other stories. Because I get if you're like, I'm tired of the story. Here I am with a new story. Cool. But we're actually in a really awesome moment where black folk are on the web creating their own content. Because we don't always get our stuff into major studios. That's the reality. It's not just we're, we, are, we don't have the vision. We have the vision. We don't always have the resources. So if you go on YouTube... You could spend weeks and weeks and weeks just on the YouTube content alone. And some of it's really quite good, you know. Mm. Then you have folks who are up and coming, like, say, Issa Rae, who started out on, you know, YouTube and on, you know, a website. And now she has a deal with HBO and her show Insecure is coming out in the fall. Right. So you're, you know, all a little bit, you know, bigger names like Ava DuVernay, who we love. Mm-hmm. Right. Who has her films. She is directing Queen Sugar for own right for Oprah's network um, and is doing a wrinkle in time. We have, you know, all type of folks. Shonda Rhimes. I mean, Shonda Land. So there's lots of different stories, you know, Mara Brock Akeel with being Mary Jane, and now she has this big deal with Paramount. There are lots of folks who are writing and producing and directing diverse stories about black and brown people. But I also think it's important to have these historical biopics. You know, I I cannot wait for uh, The Birth of a Nation with um, Mm -hmm. uh, Nate Parker, like, 
Mm-hmm. Come on. I'm just like waited with waiting with bated breath. So mm-hmm. I really thought that Roots was well done. It'd been a while since I seen the original, but I was one of those people that, you know, every time it came on back in the day in the eighties and nineties, it would come on like once a year and we would watch it as a family. And that was probably my first introduction to anything about slavery because I didn't learn much in school, you know, mm-hmm. and it made me want to go to the library and learn more about it. So mm-hmm. I think that this new version, which is slicker, you know, um, has some updated historical elements to it. The acting in general is really on point. Mm-hmm. You know, LeVar Burton, who originally played Kunta Kinte slash Toby slash our boy from Reading Rainbow slash our boy from Star Trek The Next Generation you know, is one of the executive producers. And so he's amazing. And uh, I just thought it was really well done overall. And side note, inappropriate, but like everybody in it was real beautiful. I'm like, hey, Derek Luke, like, call me. (laughs) But, you know, I I thought it was really well done and and will spark, I I suspect, for a new generation, a younger generation of folks, um, Mm -hmm. you know, those much needed conversations. Uh, And I appreciate that it highlighted resistance right i think one of the reasons why people are like i can't do another slavery story is it's all about black people being whipped and singing hymns and and then being delivered by some white people in the end and the reality is that black people we got ourselves free sure there was interracial coalition that helped with that but like abraham lincoln did not free black people black people freed themselves right and it took centuries to do it Mm-hmm. But there were so many acts of resistance along the way, right? Uh, that helped lead to the political enfranchisement and all that kind of stuff, you know? So we, we have to talk more about those acts of resistance. So I'm looking forward to the Harriet Tubman movie with um, Viola Davis. I still need to get through the season of, um, oh gosh, what is the, the show on WGN that Underground, is? underground. Underground, mm-hmm. yes. So I'm sort of halfway through that, yes. and that seems pretty. I dope started so that far. recently too. I just am mm-hmm. so behind on my television. I'm so I'm like woefully behind, but someday we're when gonna I start catch traveling. Up. Yeah. I'm gonna just sit mm-hmm. down and watch everything. There are lots yes. of things, and I'm gonna and Roots is All on my things. list. Um, as soon as I get my life together and stop being up, you know, flying back and forth like a maniac. Um, it's going to happen. But I do think I probably will, will pace. I will pace the slavery yeah. stories and other yeah. things. I like I am actually not yeah. even all caught up on um, this the season's end of Scandal and Empire, full disclosure. Mhm. So mm. I'm like wait, that's just to tell you how far back I am. Yeah, you're pretty far. You're pretty far behind. So it's you have pretty. you have that work cut out for you for I do. sure. I'm up so. for it. I'm up for it. Mhm. 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 Well, guys, that's it for another week of Let's Break It Down. You can look for our podcast uh, every Monday on Facebook and on our website, letsbreakitdown.com. And I think that's it. Anything else, Isha? No, that's it. I hope you all take good care of yourselves this week, and we will be back next week. Yes, be kind to yourself and to others. Bye. Bye.